0: ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.
1: Well, Tegan, what's the worst breakfast you've ever had?
0: That is a tricky one for me because I am a passionate breakfast lover and I'm trying to think beyond, you know, maybe a burnt toast. How about yourself?
1: Um, undercooked black pudding in Glasgow.
0: Oh, blah. <laughs> Ooh, that, is, that is a visceral reaction I just had right then.
1: Well, you're listening to What's That Rash? Not What's That Vomit, but What's That Rash? <laughs> a podcast answering the health questions everyone's
0: asking. I'm Norman Swan on Gadigal land. And I'm Tegan Taylor on Jagger and Turable land. And today's topic is breakfast.
1: So today's question is from Eliza.
0: Hi, ABC. So my friend and I were having an argument over what counts as breakfast food, and they were saying that pancakes and, like, bacon and eggs and things like that, that's all breakfast foods. But I was saying anything can be a breakfast food. You just have to eat it at the start of the day. We're just wondering what the research says and what we should probably actually be having for breakfast actually wanted to start with Eliza's sort of saying like what is breakfast food cuz philosophically I know that this she asked for a research and evidence-based answer which I absolutely will give but also to just weigh in with my own two cents if you technically breakfast is when you break your fast so maybe anything you eat for the first time when you're eating that day is breakfast?
1: Well, I suppose it doesn't mean to say, I mean, the olden times, presumably that could be midday that you break your fast, not necessarily when you wake up. Yeah, exactly. Just when you start eating.
0: And the thing that I found kind of interesting, and when you think about it, it, it makes complete sense, is that breakfast foods are usually foods that you don't need to, like, do a lot of preparing. You don't need to go out and, like... Kill a beast, or go and harvest and grind some grain. You're Using something that's already in your house. So sometimes it's leftovers. Sometimes it's eggs because you can just collect them from your chookies in the morning. Or yeah, it's it's bread or porridge. Something that is relatively easy to prepare at home. Didn't they have wine for breakfast in the fifteenth century? Um, you do you remember that time? Is that what you yeah, had yeah, well, for breakfast?
1: Yeah, that's, that's my childhood. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, wine and beer were were pretty much breakfast drinks. I think it was only a couple of hundred years ago that coffee and tea overtook beer as the main drink at breakfast time, which brings me to the point of breakfast.
1: What, the hair of the dog to actually get a bit sloshed?
0: (laughs) No, to give you energy for the day. That's why coffee is a must for so many people. But it influences or it should influence the foods we eat too. I do have a fun little story about coffee and stimulants so if you want to hear it. Come
1: on. All right.
0: Um I know it's that stimulate me. <laughs> well, you don't even know how on the ball that joke is because um you know Kellogg's the cereal brand. Yeah. It was invented by two brothers whose surname was Kellogg. Uh the hint is in the name and they invented cornflakes of course as well as other breakfast cereals. One of them So
1: morning cardboard, yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, because in part, they ran a sanatorium. It's you know meant to be for people who are recovering. They need easy to digest foods. But a subtext of what they were sort of maybe looking at doing with these very plain, bland, easy to digest foods was reducing people's carnal urges. Mm. And they thought that people were less likely to masturbate if they ate a bland diet as compared to um, stimulating substances like tea and coffee.
1: Gosh. I'm I'm never going to go near a box of cornflakes ever again. Would, <laughs> masturbation aside, Tegan, and um coming back to poor Eliza's question, she's desperate for an answer. So let's Go to the recipe. I mean, if you go to any hipster part of uh, Australia, they're sitting there in the outside of the cafe, regardless of what the the outside temperature is. They're having mashed avocado. Oh, I
0: knew smashed avocado was going to come up in this conversation.
1: Scrambled eggs, um, lashings of uh, coffee, occasionally when they're feeling guilty, granola. (laughs) Is there any sense of what we should be eating?
0: For starters, I will not hear a bad word said about granola. It is my preferred breakfast food and I love it. And if anyone wants my homemade granola recipe, they can DM me. But in terms of what you should be having for breakfast, like any meal, you want a balance of carbs, protein and fats. You want to aim for complex carbs, things like your bread, oats, maybe even some rice. Complex carbs are good because they take longer to digest, they keep you fuller for longer, and that's the case for protein too. Your protein might be an egg or some yogurt, um, and you want to aim for unsaturated fats, so avocado, nuts. So that's why it's not just a millennial thing. Smashed avo with an egg on top, it's got everything you need.
1: Except look, the, except the payments for your mortgage.
0: <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but look, the research on skipping or not skipping breakfast is mixed breakfast eating in general, like regular breakfast consumption is associated with things like improved weight control, better cognitive function, cardiometabolic health. And then there's also been a study that's looked at breakfast consumption in a whole lot of different countries, mostly Western countries, places like Canada, France, the UK and the US. And what they've sort of found, this isn't saying what you should eat, but this is what people are eating. They tend to be a nutrient rich meal, usually quite a lot of carbohydrates. and
1: Which makes sense. Sense, by the way, because you specifically what's happening in the body overnight is that the body stops metabolizing glucose, which is the basic energy currency of the body, and starts to break down fatty acids, fat basically to fatty acids in the liver, and metabolizes the fatty acids into energy, and that produces ketones. So you become ketotic. In other words, it's, sleep is ketogenic. You want a ketogenic diet? Well, this is a ketogenic sleep. <laughs> And that's actually quite good for the body. It reduces oxidative stress, biological rusting. It reduces inflammation. It probably improves the circadian rhythm of the body in terms of our metabolism. But we also wake up, if you're ketotic overnight, then you're going to have a carbohydrate craving.
0: Yeah, right. And, and I mean, it's meeting that need, if that is a need. So the, the energy sort of is more towards the carbs and less um, protein and fats compared to the, the rest of the day.
1: And you don't mention bacon and eggs at all.
0: Well, it's funny you should mention that because I do have a story about bacon and eggs and how they sort of got their space in the in the breakfast foods uh, pantheon, and it's because of Edward Bernays, known as the father of spin,
1: not the father of the sauce. And we're not talking about eggs Benedict. <laughs> no,
0: not the father of Bernays sauce. But basically, what happened was sort of in the 1920s, people were eating sort of less substantial breakfasts because people started working in factories and offices, industrial revolution things, and
1: and not wanting to masturbate. You've got all that <laughs> exactly.
0: You got the you got the main points. Anyway, sales of beechnut bacon, a particular brand of bacon, were falling off, and so Bernays, not the sauce, contacted. 5,000 doctors, and asked whether they agreed that a larger meal in the morning would improve people's health. 4,500 physicians agreed. It's like the initial, original, nine out of ten doctors agree. And he ran with it, and all the newspapers ran with it as well, this idea that uh, doctors agreed that you should be having a substantial breakfast in the morning, bacon and eggs.
1: And did the sales of bacon take off?
0: Oh, sales took off, absolutely. Also, Bernays lived... Until he was 103 years old, so.
1: Just defying, death defying in a sense. But of course, that was the time when nine out of 10 doctors were saying that you should be smoking Virginia Slims for the best of your health.
0: Oh, he actually was a pro-smoking guy, actually. He campaigned for equal access to cigarettes. He was all about equal rights, women smoke too, and... In an attempt to sort of basically sell more cigarettes, he created this sort of equal rights campaign around women being able to smoke in public without fear of uh, being stigmatized. Oh,
1: great! All right, so look, we've got the answer to Eliza's question now. So you have bacon and eggs. If you if you want to have sex, don't have <laughs> Kellogs. You have a beer. You can have wine. Um, you can have a, a packet of no. Virginia Slims. No. You know, smoke yourself. To... Shut up! No? no, am I wrong? <laughs> Dr. Am I wrong <laughs> no. Here?
0: No. Don't listen to him. Listen to me. People, listen to me. It's very serious. Teague's time now. The things you should be having for breakfast, high-quality nutrients, complex carbohydrates, healthy sources of protein, maybe some unsaturated fats in there. Give yourself a great start to the day by eating great food. You should be eating it at any time of the day, but why not at breakfast as well?
1: I'm suitably chastised. And if you want to chastise either of us, but it will be me, I'm sure, <laughs> send your questions into that rash at abc.net.au or...
0: On Instagram, you can DM us. We're at ABC Health. Thanks so much for listening to us throughout the holidays, and we'll catch you next time. See you next time. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio, and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.